Hello everyone, a very warm welcome to another exciting show of Psychology Talks. It is the show that talks about art and science. And we discuss different topics where you can find that how you can apply the knowledge of psychology into daily life. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss the art and science of maximizing productivity to achieve your goals and boost your workplace performance. We are going to discuss few things that how, what is productivity, how you can actually increase it while not uh, burning out yourself because most of the time in workplace or even at the personal life, we have been constantly pressurized by delivering better result and uh, in lesser time. But in, in this kind of race of delivering better result in shortest possible time, we end up actually ignoring ourselves, ignoring our mental health also. So we're going to discuss the, this productive, productivity paradox, examining the science behind it and sharing some practical strategies to impl implement it in your own life. And that's why I have invited our guest today who is teaching or training thousands of professionals to manage the project in a best possible way. His name is Gerald Leonard. He's known for his unique approach of productivity and business success. He is the CEO and founder of Leonard Productivity Intelligence Institute. He is the best-selling author and he has a portfolio of management, ma managing uh, projects and ma uh, he's a management guru, I would say. And the other important thing which really really appealed to me that he's also an accomplished bass player with the passion of helping others reach the, their full potential gerald has established himself as a leading figure in the field of productivity intelligence his expertise has garnered significant recognition leading to numerous sought-after guest appearance including notable purpose prof, uh, platforms such as npr and jack canfield show among others and he recently uh, published his book, Symphony of Choice, and we're going to discuss his uh, newly published book in today's show as well. So let's welcome Gerald. Hello, Gerald. Thank you hey, so much for you? joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, it's an honor to have you with us today because I've been like, uh, I've seen your TED Talk and I've been reading about you, it's it's really the way you teach people is amazing. And especially teaching that how to achieve more in less time is something yes. that, you know, everybody wants to know. So exactly. I have I have given a little bit of introduction, uh, sure. but I would want you to actually tell our audience that about your early childhood, that how you get into the field, why you actually chose the music first and then you move into this uh, uh, into this business. So just tell us a little bit a little bit about yourself. Okay, excellent. Well, I'm gonna start off with the little red guitar that's behind my shoulders here. That used to be my sister's guitar when I was mm -hmm. 10 years old. <laughs> and I used to sneak into her room and steal it and play it 
And um, she realized that she wasn't going to play it, so she let me have it. And that was my first instrument, that little red guitar. It doesn't have the strings on it. I just I kept it, uh, and we put it up there uh, for just kind of remind me of where I started in life. But, you know, I joined a band with some friends, and one of them was an amazing guitar player. So I knew right then I wasn't going to be the guitar player of the band. So I became the bass player of the band. And when you're playing bass, you're actually playing the whole song. You don't get a break. You have to learn all the patterns of the song. And it happened at a time where between the ages of 10, 11, 12, you know, young kid. And but I was really interested and serious because once I started playing, I got bit by the bug of learning something new and playing music and feeling the, the, the music. And at that time in 1974 in, in mm -hmm. Central Florida, uh, they created what was called the Lakeland Civic Center. And as a kid, I could go to these concerts and watch up close um, Earth, Wind and Fire, the Commodores, you know, the Buddy Rich Orchestra, all these different bands and, and, and groups. And I and so that was like, OK, that's what I want to do. I want to be a professional musician and play. And so I went to college, did my bachelor's and master's in music. Uh, even moved to New York and through the Manhattan School of Music, studied with a gentleman at Ju Juilliard for a year, studying bass. And then I did some ministry work, some Christianity ministry work for about six or seven years while I was still playing professionally. And with a lot of those character things that I was going through, I decided, you know, I don't want to play clubs and those kinds of things, but I do like playing benefits. I do like playing shows. I do like playing orchestra things. And so to supplement my income, I got into IT. And I was, I started, you know, you know, Picking up the instrument, picking up the computer. You hear me saying pick up the instrument because picking up the computer was like picking up an instrument for me um, because of what music does to our brains. But what happened was over time, I realized, you know, one, I have a master's already. I don't want to go back to school and get another master's. So I started doing all these certifications. And as you see from my wall, I've been doing certifications and training and education, you know, even now, right? Um, as, I'm, as I'm continually building my career. And what happened is I started seeing the, the combination or the similarities between playing shows and being a musician and being in business. And those things really taught me the, the power of what I learned as a musician, but also all of the different things I was learning as a business. And that drove me to where I started speaking. I ended up writing my first book, which is called Culture is the Base, because we were talking earlier about how you know, if a uh, base is like putting salt in, in a good dish. Yeah. Without it, it doesn't, it's kind of bland. So you got to have the yeah. base. But you also, when you hear the bass and drums in the beginning of a song, you know the culture, you know the style, you know probably the musician. So so culture is the foundation of, you know, what we do. And that's kind of like the base. My second book was called Workplace Jazz because a lot of work now is being done by small, agile teams, three or four, five, six, seven, eight people are doing the work in these major projects and it's agile work. And what's a great example in the music world? Well, it's a quartet, it's a trio, it's a quintet of musicians playing jazz. And so the whole idea of what could agile teams learn from jazz musicians? And so that was my second book, Workplace Jazz, and that was published by Business Expert Press. And then John Wiley just published my third book, A Symphony of Choices, which is a business novel that teaches the principles of project program portfolio management under the disguise of teaching a, being a, a gentleman being mentored who's a bass player who becomes the orchestra manager. He's being mentored by an old college professor around decision-making, 
workplace engagement and project management. And it helps them save a concert season with all the challenges, but it's also a story because I believe that challenging material is best digested through stories. And if we can, yeah. we our brains think in stories, if we can relate and engage with a story, we learn a lot of lessons as we read the story. And so that was my purpose for writing it as a story and not just as another business book about project portfolio management or decision-making. Yeah, um, I like amazing journey. And especially I love the idea of the, uh, the business novel because as, as we were discussing before the show, that, you know, all the business books are so boring, I would say. <laughs> it's so difficult or to actually digest a lot of concept, but to write the concept in a way that is more um, appealing and that is more yeah. engaging and, and more comprehensible, I would say. Or I would just say that it is more easy to retention. <laughs> you know, when, exactly. we listen, uh, when we read uh, a book, where there, there are uh, stories or where someone has gone through the challenges where people actually can relate to, then they can learn that, you know, okay, this is the, the way that person has handled the situation. So maybe I can do the same. So I think that is the best way to introduce a business concept. Yeah. Yes, so, exactly. And another thing that I did to it was I got a lot of advice, a lot of input as I was writing the book. And so things like at the end of each chapter, the, the lessons from the mentoring ship of Dr. Richardson, who's the character, who's a professor, I summarize those lessons at the end of each chapter. So if you're reading it and you're really wanting to get the business aspects of it, yeah. you can go to end, the end of each chapter and glean what's being taught that you need to walk away with. And then at the end of the book, there's two chapters. There's a summary of all of the lessons that Dr. Richardson teaches to the to the main character, Jerry Hall, who's the bassist who becomes the orchestra manager. But then there's also an implementation guide. So all of the principles that are being mentored throughout the book is there's at the end, there's a guide that you can use in your own organization. And here's the secret to the guide. It's an actual implementation guide I use for a major law firm that I was wow. working for for four years and I helped them become a projectized organization where they went from doing few projects a year, doing 60 and 70 projects a year. They were in five countries and 14 offices. So it was an implementation guide that can be used for a very complex and large organization. They were about a billion dollar law firm. And so it really is a, a part of me giving back to, the, to anyone who buys the book that you're going to get a treat of here's how you take all those lessons and actually implement them into your organization, depending on where you are. Wow, that's amazing. That's literally amazing. Okay, so now coming to our discussion, like, you know, the topic, as it says, it productivity paradox, right? So <laughs> yes. as, as you know, like a lot of people are actually pressurized to deliver more in yes. less time. So what is the secret behind this? How you can manage all the stress and yet deliver the best? Well, here's I, I, so to, to to answer your question, I have to tell you a story, and it's, it's, it's a story about me and something wow. that I recently went through. I'd say back in 2018. Um, obviously, before then, I was a very productive person. You know, I was doing certifications and running my company and and doing a, a lot of different things. I had my own challenges as well with family and so on and so forth. But in 2018, I had a major bout with vertigo. 
and it wiped out my vestibular system. In other words, the vestibular system is a part of our brain that balances mm -hmm. that we use for balance. Okay. And so I was rushed to the hospital. I spent a day and a half in the hospital. The only way they could make the vertigo stop was to give me a shot. Wow. I don't know what it was, but they gave me a shot to make it stop. I spent mm -hmm. a day and a half in the hospital. And the only way they would let me come home is if I used a walker and could oh. show them that I could scoot down the hall with a walker. I couldn't walk by myself. That happened six weeks before the TEDx. Oh, my God. <laughs> before the talk that you watched of me playing, yeah. I'm laying in bed wondering, is this my life? And imagine the fear and all the things that can come up when you've had what actually turned out to be somewhat of a brain injury from this. And it and no one could actually tell me why it happened. And later on, through talking with doctors and other people and scientists and coaches, we it was really deduced that it was pretty much my body responding to stress. Oh, because stress, if yeah. you don't deal with it on a regular basis, it will come out one way or the other. And for me, it came out through the vertigo and by the vestibular. But here was the blessing and the secret. Being a musician, and if you listen to my talk, I talk a lot about the neuroscience of music. Yeah. And in that, I talk about how if you're playing a, music, a, a musical instrument, the brain is so active that if there's damage, it will rewire itself. Mm -hmm. And so I used that principle and said, I'm going to set a goal of delivering this talk and I'm going to keep playing music and play every day and try, start trying to walk. And within three weeks, I walked into my doctor's office unassisted. Three weeks after that, I walked on stage and delivered the talk yeah. that you want of me on yeah. the TEDx. Yeah. Now, here's the secret of where I really uh, honed in on the, the productivity paradox that we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. that situation left me with what some people would call a disability because it gave me a vestibular balance imbalance mm -hmm. so that if I stand up really fast, I have to hold on to a chair because my, my vestibular system has to kind of balance and catch up. But I don't call it a disability. I call it a constraint because I got certified yeah. in theory of constraints, Dr. Goldrad's book, The Goal. And so I really studied the constraints and by understanding that it's a constraint, I leveraged that constraint and figured out, okay, so then how can I be just as productive or even more productive with this constraint in my life? Because I'm not disabled. I'm very able. I just have a constraint. And so yeah. by doing that, I started reaching out to, I read books. I started reaching out to coaches. I started reaching out to coaches around neuroscience. I learned about brain gyms. I learned about meditation. I learned about yoga and all of these things. And what I started seeing was that by applying these principles, I became more productive and more effective. And I was doing less than I was before. I was able to take naps during the middle of the day. I got up in the morning and did yoga and meditation. I wrote out my goals every day. I focused my attention and I just started working smarter and not harder. And I yeah. enjoy what I get to do every day and I'm being more productive as I'm doing it. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I think that's, that's I mean, if you, I summarize what you said is basically uh, we need to take care of ourselves before yeah. we reach the point of burnout. And exactly. that's exactly what happens is like, you know, 
many people feel the pressure and they keep the pressure on themselves right. they keep on like you know for example in if they are in a job or something they keep on meeting deadlines one after another where, right. whereas they don't give a time for themselves to actually take care of themselves so if we take just the uh, example of our like gadgets or or these uh, uh, like computer or anything, everything needs a rest, you know, with the yes. battery, it, it, there is, a, you know, a, there's this an indication. Yeah, that, it shows that, you know, you need to recharge. It, it is reaching to the point where it, it is going to uh, just collapse. So, exactly. you know, but in, in us, there is no such kind of an icon telling us that, you know, you're <laughs> reaching to the point where you will collapse. So it's very important to actually take care of ourselves. Yes. And and there is, I would also here point out that people say that, you know, you cannot achieve a lot. I mean, there are there is a lot of people that say that, you know, you need to have to keep your plate. I mean, in a way that you uh, focus on few things and then uh, move on to the further. But as you mentioned that, you know, there are, things that if you plan well, whereas you keep uh, uh, maintaining uh, the, the self-care practices, then you can achieve much more, do more than what other people are doing. As you said, they're like taking naps, doing meditation, doing yoga. That, that does not only uh, help you to focus more on what is on the priority or right. what is on the urgent, um, what are the urgent tasks, but also give a boost to your brain to think better exactly because, you know it's not only just that um uh, we we just need to finish the task one after another we need to deliver the best possible way and exactly. the best possible way you can do it when you take care of your mind that right. is what important is exactly and for me you know when this happened i had wrote my I had written my first book and yeah. but after this happened i ended up writing my second book and then i wrote my third book and i've already written and you have all the content for my fourth book um, uh, that i'll be putting yeah. together um and so in that process you know you know when you go through things like that depending on where your relationships are and so on it can create stress and undue challenges and so that happened for me where i went through a divorce and and i and i made a decision as i was going through those challenges not to get bitter, but to get better. And then not to just go through this challenge, but to grow through the challenge. And by saying getting better, not bitter, it meant making sure that the other person, although we were no longer together, that they were able to be taken care of. And so I literally you know, gave that person the house and gave them the equity in the home, gave the majority of the furniture. So when I moved and relocated, I basically had my books, music, my clothes, and kind of starting over, kind of managing two budgets. And, it, and what's amazing is that within two and a half years, after going through all of that, those challenges, I got remarried, bought a new home, furnished the home, have two companies, have my two books, and have a great career and and all the different things that are going on and uh, and and you know positioning myself as an authority in workplace productivity and product and and you know productivity smarts and intelligence with all of that is happening and so it's it's all of the little things that I did along the way 
that allowed those things to happen and for me to end up on the other side of that situation more positive stronger better and able to look back and go i'm grateful for that situation i wouldn't want i wouldn't wish it on anybody to go through it but i wouldn't be who i am today if i hadn't gone through those challenges either yeah you said it so beautifully that you know we don't need to get better but better and yeah. even before that you were just mentioning that before the tedx talk you actually had that medical condition which actually so i would just say point out that everything happens for a reason and you know what and as you mentioned that we need to go and do not only go through it grow through it so you know exactly. like when things happen they happen for a reason and we need to realize that what exactly was the reason for that if uh, we we are stuck in that situation that was the moment like either we will just get stuck in the situation and we will be fixated there yes. but when we start taking or we start learning from that situation we will grow together and that's exactly what you actually mentioned that even when what uh, the medical condition that you faced before the tedx you right. learned from that and that actually gave you some content to actually say speak in the tedx right exactly. and that exactly <laughs> that uh, exactly. happened that you mentioned that you went through a divorce but you didn't just got yourself fixated in that and did not get bitter in that because whatever happened at that time you learn from that and you grow and and look at you i mean the phenomenal success like you got the house you get two companies you get two more books and you know i think that the, uh, the other one is also on the way so you know it's when we learn that why that 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 event happened and we yeah. learned the lesson we grow more and instead of getting bitter we get better so i absolutely love the way you actually explained it so when i was actually watching your tedx uh, talks uh, you mentioned about the performance and the performance is is mentioned that uh, it's it's quite boring and repetitive right in order right. to excel any 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 job uh, we need to do something repetitively but there yeah, i really love that you know the we need to enjoy the journey of it because exactly you know, exactly uh, most of the time people lose the, that part so i would like you to actually explain or uh, tell to our audience the way you explain it in maybe in the ted talks <laughs> sure sure and i and you know, the, what i call that is deliberate practice Yeah. Um, you know, when you're trying to um learn a piece of music or you're developing yourself as a developer or a project manager or a business analyst or a writer, uh it requires you to practice. But if you just kind of go through the rote of practicing something and then you get to the point where you don't like practicing, think about it this way and this is kind of how I thought about it is that most professionals whether it's you know right now there's football season in America right or our soccer season in the UK or other places or take a musician you know playing professionally they're only on stage performing in front of an audience maybe 5% of the time 5% of the time that's it the rest of the time they are in practice they got to do the drills they got to lift the weights they got to play the skills you have to do all the stuff that you have to do to get better so that when you get on stage for that 5 minutes you can have a great time but what if that 5 minutes there's a problem you don't it doesn't go as well or that 5% of the time doesn't go as well then you're miserable 
especially if you don't enjoy the practice. So the idea that your performance is your practice your or your practice is your performance. Um, and so for me, as I was going through getting better, not bitter, you know, I started learning about first thing I did is I went through, I had to go through what's called uh, neurological therapy because I had to learn how to rewire my brain even more. So I'd go to physical, it was called physical therapy, but it's like, like the neurological physical therapy. And I would do these little exercises that I'm working with people who have their PhDs in neuroscience. And they would say, Hey, you do this cross crawl type of exercise. It's going to rewire your brain while you're doing it. I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense to me. And, but, but I, so I went and started researching it and it's called based on kinesiology. And as I learned more about kinesiology and the physiology of the body and how the brain gets rewired based on our movements and the words that we say to ourselves, yes. I started uh, thinking, I started learning about brain gems. I started learning about uh, tapping and the freedom, emotional freedom techniques. I learned about Qigong. And so I started applying all these things into my life and I would break up my day to where I'd start off with some with yoga and meditation. I'd have a few meetings. I would do take a break and do like some brain gym exercises. I would do some Qigong exercises and I would mix them into my day. And if I knew that I had other meetings later on based on what I had going on, I would take a 30 minute power nap where I listened to music that was at a delta wave um, because it would help me to get my brain right into the deep sleep mode. And I would like knock out for 30 minutes, the alarm wake me up and I'm ready to go for the rest of the day. And so I had to learn all of these concepts because what got me to where I was, wasn't going to move me to where I needed to go. And another thing I learned from my coaches and mentors was, and it is, I have to give this to Dr. Paul Shealy, and that was transformational change happens because of transformational learning yeah if you want to change the way things are going and you want to see new results in your life you have to get on a journey of learning and growing and so i read every book that i was recommended or books that you know as i'm working with jack canfield being interviewed by him i figured out well who was his coaches and mentors he didn't learn this from by he just didn't come out of the womb knowing this stuff. He had to learn it from some of the people. So I went and found out who did he learn it from. And I went and read their books or I went and found them. And a number of them are now my coaches. And so, you know, it, it really is about getting on a journey of learning and growth and then applying what you learn. And what you find is that you're able to accomplish a lot more by doing less by working smarter, not harder. And also the importance of mentorship and coaching. And, and I have a tagline that I say now, um, and that is mentoring and coaching is like being on the HOV lane of success mm -hmm. for your career. In America, and I, I know it's this way in other countries as well, but in America, there's something called the high occupancy lane, the HOV lane. And if it's five o'clock in the afternoon and you're stuck in traffic, on a three or four lane highway and it's crawling at five minutes five miles an hour but then there's this lane that's open to if you have more than one person in the car you can get in this high occupancy lane and you can go 60 miles an hour while everybody else is crawling at five miles an hour to me that's the that's the same as having a great mentor or coach because if as they coach you and give you insights they're going to help you move farther and faster in your life than if you were in traffic trying to do it by yourself.
Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, if I actually summarize what you said in just like five minutes, they said basically we need to uh, if we need to see that if we commit any mistake or something, we don't yeah. need to repeat it. I mean, if we keep repeating the same mistake, we will be stay there. We will stay there where we are. We right. won't be able to grow further. So in order to actually do this first, I, I always say that you need to change your thinking because change is start from whatever you think, whatever, as you said, whatever you say to yourself is yeah. very important. The inner voice, like whatever you say to yourself that you can do it, you don't want to do it. That happened in the past because most of the time people are stuck in the past. Yes. They keep on judging their, the future through their past. And if, right. it, if, it has, if it did not work in the past, it will not work in the future. So they need to find out, as you mentioned, the transformational thinking, the new ways where they can grow further, where they can. And when actually you, you are expanding your mind, yes. you, need, you should be open to challenge your old beliefs. Yes. Because most of the time what I've seen is that people are fixated in the past because of their beliefs, because of their old beliefs. They say, oh, no. This is not possible. This cannot happen. This is maybe clashing or uh, with their beliefs. So be yeah. open and be acceptable, uh, receptive to the new phase, to to the growth as well. Yes. So that's very important. And and just uh, and the other very important thing that you highlight is always seek uh, help, help yes. from the right people. Having mentor and the coaches are are very important especially in these uh, in this era where there is a lot of information where there is like the numbers of books available there are number of like you know youtube videos available on each and every topic just name it like people can actually create a rocket also by watching youtube <laughs> tutorials so the thing is that you need to know what exactly you need uh, the insight at the moment to move forward in the life. So I think that is amazing. So um, as we are reaching the end of the show, uh, what one advice would you like to give to our audience today? I would say uh, one advice is to um, remain curious, remain curious and to keep learning. Uh, a lot of times we try things and they don't work out the first time. Or we set a goal and it doesn't work the first time. And that's okay, because that's part of learning. And so you're learning what doesn't work. But if you give up, then you're going to create this record or this this tape inside of your head of, oh, I tried that and it doesn't work. I tried that and that doesn't work. And guess what? What you're saying to yourself is true. You tried it. It didn't work. And if that's where you stop, then pretty much you've capped yourself. But if you continually learn and you go, okay, I'm going to try this. And I, I see other people doing it, so I know it can be done. So what did they have to learn and do to develop that? So by remaining curious and, and keeping an open mind and wanting to learn and grow, you will begin to discover the things that you don't know that will help you move to that next level and accomplish your goals. And you'll start seeing things happen in your life that you would never imagine I think if I if I was to look back at 2018 when this thing happened to me and determine where am I I'm I'm at right now I couldn't have imagined myself being here but because I kept 
growing and learning and developing, you know, I didn't have to see the end of the road. I just needed to see the next step. Yeah. And so sometimes the next step is listening to a, a live stream like this where you learn one thing. Yeah. And then go put that one thing into practice. Or you read a book and you might have you may know the content, but there's something that the author says that you didn't think about before. And you learn that one thing that you start doing different. Even if you improve 1% every day, think about what that's going to look like in two years. You'll be a totally different person if you stay curious and keep moving forward. And as one of my coaches say, keep stumbling forward. Yes, failing fast. <laughs> exactly. say, like, you know, never be afraid to fail, but try to fail fast. Because if you're not failing, that means you're not trying. So you right. know, if you if you're failing in let's say if you're trying let's say ten different things, and if you're failing in seven, guess what? You're still actually doing three things right. So you know, yeah. the more tries you give uh, to do, you will actually get something better out of it. So I think that's Excellent. amazing. Yeah, I learned a lot from you, and I was looking forward to the show for like the moment that we actually had the uh interaction and that you would just uh schedule the podcast so i was really looking forward to it so before i actually close the show please tell our audience that how they can reach out to you okay so there's a specific page that i'll post on the in the notes and i'll okay. also send you the link for your for your okay, yeah, podcast as well and it's called productivity intelligence institute.com okay. forward slash psychology talks so the name of your okay. show and okay. it's my website, productivityintelligenceinstitute.com forward slash psychology talks. And if you go there, there's information about the show. There's uh, some images where you can download a, a free couple of free workbooks from me, as well as if you want to have a conversation to take this at a to a different level and learn more about how you can work with me, uh, you can also book a call with me and you'll see links and information about my three books. Uh, Cultures, the base, workplace, jazz, and the latest one, a symphony of choices. Or connect with me on LinkedIn or um, one of my other social media channels. It's all in that. Yes, I I think I've already posted the link to your productivity intelligence uh, on the comment, and but definitely I'll do that when I post on the podcast channels about the link on uh, of your uh, website. And please, I think uh, all, whoever is listening, please check out this new book, Symphony of Choice. I think it's amazing. I think it's definitely a revolutionizing business uh, book because it's not a very, very orthodox, con conventional sort of a business book. It's a business novel where you get to know the real story of the person, that how that person dealt or handled the, the challenge and yeah. developed a successful business. So I think it's a must read books so please check out i will also um you uh is it available on amazon because i also yes it is yes oh, it's okay. available oh. everywhere and the audiobook should be out soon as well okay that's great so i will also share the link of the book so thank you so much gerald for joining us today and sharing your wisdom with us and thanks to all the audience also who share uh, who joined us from across the globe and uh shared some comments also so thank Thanks a lot to the audience and thank you so much, Gerald, for joining us. It's it was thank an honor so to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank for you having so me. Much. Thank you and bye-bye. Bye-bye.